Sit back, relax, and enjoy Talk Bites. And welcome back to another great episode of Talk Bites. The last two episodes, of course, have been a uh, furious debate over Harry Potter, and the next one coming up is going to be some help that uh, I have against the the horrible Ash. But uh, for now, we've got a new guest, someone um, that uh, actually talks sense and will not give such horrible Harry Potter opinions, um, and that is Ange from Next Gen Education. Ange. Thank you for a warm welcome, Brian. It's good to be here. Absolutely. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, as you know, because you are one of the biggest fans of Talk Bites, um, Ange is in my DMs um, constantly after every episode, and she actually had some of her own Harry Potter opinions herself. Um, I think she called it Harvey Porter. But um, in the um, in the meantime, <laughs> um, so you, since you are a, a longtime fan, you know that my next question that I'm going to ask you is, what is the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Um, the best piece of advice that I've ever been given was actually from my one of my earliest managers when I started my career in corporate. And he just told me, Ange, just never change yourself, no matter how hard it gets in life. Don't let it get to you and always stay your true self. And that really stuck by me. And, you know, I've tried to uh, follow through with that advice. And it's been hard, but I think, you know, today I feel more myself and it makes me happy and gives me a lot of peace. Absolutely. That is a great piece of advice. I think the hardest thing in the world is to stay true to yourself, especially when you have um, external pressures coming down on you and what your friends think you should be and what uh, your family think you should be. So to be able to sit there and go, hey, guys, I love you, but this is me and this is this is who I am is is absolutely fantastic advice. You almost have to be some sort of tiger to be able to um, um, stay being yourself um, it, despite all that external pressure. So that that's really great. Um, so uh, you're coming from NextGen Education. Um, tell me a little bit more about NextGen. Okay, so um, I've been teaching for the last 10 years uh, unofficially and in the last couple of years I started to see a need emerging and that need was for young adults and little children to have a unique and a different way of uh, experiencing learning. And because of that, I decided to start my own brand of uh, an education center. So it's called NextGen. It is um, a term that has two symbols and two meanings. One is to obviously help the next generation of children coming into our world to help them be their best selves and to also be a new uh, era of education, hopefully, that we'll all be able to enjoy and see the, the beautiful um, results of, basically, yeah. Amazing, amazing. And so in your journey over the 10 years, what can you tell us about education? Where, where, where is it coming from and where, where do you see it going? Um, so I have a background from India. Uh, we uh, take a lot of uh, uh, pride and I guess a lot of um, ancestral methods in the way we taught. You know, in those times, 
uh, children used to go to gurus, which is a very common term that's used um, in our society today. They used to go to gurus and they used to learn a particular skill. They used to spend day in, day out. The, the groups were small and frequent and they were able to really master that Thing they wanted to learn, whether it was archery or sword fighting or knowledge uh, from the holy books, they were able to really grasp that understanding by spending a lot of time and really soaking in the essence of what the teacher had to give. Um, fast forward, obviously a lot of industrial revolution happened, the needs changed of society, and we had to systemize and uh, organize the education system in such a way to support that change. Um, now, I think that model of that revolution, industrial revolution, has continued to stay, but I think the needs have changed again. Um, we're in a period of great change. Obviously, COVID has happened, but at the same time, the, the need for society has changed. We are evolving. We are becoming more technologically advanced, and also we are having... In my personal observation, um, a huge surge of souls that are here to bring change and make a positive difference in the world. And for me, I think that is a big calling to have um, a review of the way we teach children and young adults today. Absolutely. That sounds fascinating. And, and I, like to, I like to hear that positivity that we're actually having a lot, a lot more um, positive energy um, right now that, that's starting to, to um, interact with the world as opposed to some of the negativity. And I think we need a lot of positivity, especially with what's happening right now. What, uh, what advice do you have with parents, for parents today, on, on how they could best ensure that their their child's education is the best that it can be with this systematic system that systematic system. That's not even a real word. So folks, I have just coined nonsense. I have coined nonsense here at talk Bites. Systematic system is now my catchphrase for nonsense. Um, what advice do you have for parents? Um, so I think a lot of the times parents think that, Having a child is like growing a vine, which they need to wrap around something for it to have structure and for it to grow in a certain direction. Um, and so they think that that structure they need to hold on to is the parents. You know, the parents are responsible for giving them that guidance and also that pillar and support in which on which they grow on. But actually, I think the souls, particularly that are being born now and in the last 20 years, they are a complete whole in themselves. And what the parents actually need to do, they've already uh, put the seed in, the seed has popped up and is growing, and they just need to nurture it, give it water on time, give it fertilizer on time, give it lots of sunshine and love, and let it grow to be what it needs to be rather than trying to force it to be something it's not. So I think what the parents need to do at, in this time is give their children space um, to grow into their authentic selves and try to understand them rather than imposing what they think they should be and also what they have been taught they should be as well from their previous generation. So they just need to give them that space to allow them to grow into their true selves. And, you know, if they're having some difficulty bridging that uh, relationship and bridging that communication gap, they should reach out to people that are able to see those unique characteristics in their children and work with them to cultivate an environment which will allow these children to grow into their authentic self. Absolutely. So, so being, allowing a child to be their authentic self, I think is, is one of the uh, cornerstones that we're missing 
I think that we're missing in in today's education. So um, it's it's really I think difficult. Education today is basically teaching uh, teaching our children everything that we know as a human being as human species up until now, everything that we've learned up until now, and we've got to distill this into them. But we're missing so many key core elements, and I think that that self actualization and learning how to to embrace yourself as opposed to um, becoming uniform is is really missing. Exactly, exactly. You know, I think Einstein famously said, "Now it's not word for word, but he said that if you assess a fish on its ability to climb a tree, then you will always think that that fish is unintelligent." and that's exactly what's happening today. We believe the world is in a, is a certain way and it's normal and I, I guess in their perspective, okay to think that because that's what they grew up with. But I think with each generation, especially the emerging parents that are thinking to have children or already have children should realize that every generation has its own evolution and its own new way of thinking and growth. So instead of trying to stop that from happening, they should really try to cultivate that and to give them the right direction, uh, but not interfering with what they they are at in their essence. Perfect. To to stay along the line of positivity, could you tell me or tell us uh, what what is your favorite accomplishment that you've seen your you one of your students at Next Gen do? Um, I think one of my favorites is really seeing them build self-confidence and self-esteem because what happens is that they innately feel a certain way that they want to do this and they want to be a certain way, you know, whether it's being really good at sports or being really good at arts. And then, you know, they get compared to other people that are good at other things that they are meant to be good at. And suddenly what they feel is their special gift is probably tarnished you know their own perspective of themselves is tarnished and they are not able to see how special they are themselves and working with children um, for a certain period of time I try to cultivate this understanding of self that doesn't matter if you're not good at that you are good at this that is your gift and it's something that you should feel really proud of so when they feel that sense of uh, pride and joy within themselves they're able to then go you know what this is my special gift and I'm also here to learn other things, but it's not going to bother me if I don't master it because I've already mastered something and it's very unique to me. So I think that is something that I really enjoyed seeing students do. Um, but also one of the things that I really enjoy is children taking on a challenge uh, that is difficult uh, for them uh, because it's completely opposite to the way they think. So a lot of my students are quite creative, but then, you know, they're able to master maths, which is a highly logical uh, topic, or they're able to master science or vice versa. Uh, it really allows them to see that despite their innate abilities and gifts, they're capable of anything. So that if they have the right people believing in them and giving them the right ways of seeing things and learning things, they're able to do anything. So it gives them a lot of confidence that whatever they step into, they'll be successful in that. Amazing. Amazing. And what, if, if you were to give, um, actually, look, I'm scrolling through your website right now and, and I'm seeing a lot of fantastic things. And one thing I'm seeing is that uh, you have some, some specialties that you're actually able to help, um, some of the learning disadvantage as well. Did I read that correct? That's right. Yes. Um, so personally, I've seen a huge uh, surge of children with special needs. Now, I wouldn't want to call it that. Really, it's something that's 
it's a term that's coined uh, quite generally, but I would like to call them unique. They have very unique ways of learning, and it's just about understanding. Generally, they're really high-functioning, and you know, some of the greatest people in our world that are changing it today, such as um, uh, Elon Musk, you know, he's changing Tesla's face forever, and he is a high-functioning um, autistic uh, individual but you know there's a lot of bad labeling and branding around this but they just need a special way of learning and if you're able to tap into that you can really unlock something that might cure all our problems in the world in in the near future such as curing cancer or taking us beyond mars you know there are so many problems in the world and i think the right souls are being born at the moment to solve those problems but we just need to have the patience and the right structures to be helping and supporting them in the direction they need to go to bring that change in the world. Amazing. Is there any of those techniques? Um, so can you walk us through some of the techniques that you use to, to help some of the um, highly uh, unique individuals that, uh, that you help out? Yep. So the first thing I really need to understand is how they take information and where the gaps lie, because sometimes they're able to identify letters Sometimes they're able to identify words, sentences, and paragraphs. There's a lot of layers, and I'm primarily speaking in English, and it's very similar in math, you know, with um, all the operations, the division plus, minus, um, and multiplication. All of those things have steps and layers. So there are different, like a cake, you know, there's different layers which they're operating at, and it's just about understanding where those gaps lie. Um, that happens through observation, spending time with them, having a somewhat of a structure, but having flexibility to go. I can see that they are able to read a sentence, but they're not able to comprehend it. So how can I build that comprehension? You know, okay, let's go down to understanding the meaning of each word. Uh, let's bring in some grammar and punctuation and start to ask questions as a review in each of the sections, whether it's paragraph or page, to really get them to process that information without feeling too overwhelmed seeing all those words on the page. So basically, it's breaking down it into foundational layers and then seeing where they're at and having that flexibility. You know, they might know the first two and the last two things and the middle bits might be missing or they might know the first two um, and the middle bit and the last bits might be missing. So it's it's just about really understanding those needs and then catering to them. It's, it's actually, it's like a dance almost because you're not... Uh, you're not having a rigid structure. You're almost going, oh, you know, you're taking a step back. I'll take a step forward. And when you're ready to take a step forward, I'll take a step back. And that's kind of how we work with special needs. And that's, uh, that is quite difficult because you need to be quite intuitive. You need to be really confident and in tune with yourself. And it's, it's a difficult thing to do. So, um, but if you're able to do that for yourself, you're able to do that for others. So I think that's, um, what is, an approach and I guess the qualities of being able to help someone uh, that is unique in our community. That's amazing. Do you feel that uh, some of these techniques could actually be used to, to help what would be considered um, less unique individuals with their learning? Like take some of these amazing um, sensory and, and okay, how, how does this person learn and, and adapt it for someone that, that appears to be not unique, but, but um, still, um, still has, has trouble. Still has challenges. 
Yeah. Yes, exactly. No, exactly the same thing. I mean, with uh, it, it depends on how long it takes them to process that information. Obviously, high functioning, they tend to be overthinkers. They tend to take in things a lot more intensely. So for them to slow down their mind and then to process that information, it's just that is the only gap, really. Otherwise, they all take information very similarly. The only reason why uh, children with uh, unique learning needs take a lot longer is because they're high functioning. So they just have so much information imploding in their mind that they just need someone to help them slow their mind down to be able to process that information. Whereas some children that don't have that imploding mindset are able to just pick things up more succinctly, but the process is the same. Amazing. Now, um, Ange, uh, if you had a magic wand and was able to get the absolute perfect system in place, what would that look like? What is the absolute perfect education system? Ooh, um, I've had some ideas about this, but I would say the perfect education system would be where there are smaller groups of children that are being taught by teachers uh, on a more personalized level. I've followed some models in Scandinavia and I'm quite aware that um, their population is a lot less and they have a vastly different structure uh, in terms of their uh, government and things like that. It's, it's vastly different. But one of the things they do, which is quite unique, is they build a specific learning program for every single individual from the age of year two. So that means that that person, that individual, that human being is being catered for on a personal level from the age of about eight years old, which is incredible because that means that whoever takes that child on will know exactly where they're at, exactly where they want to be, and what are those gaps that they need to help them get there. And they're not forced to do certain subjects. They're not forced to do uh, certain activities. It's their choice from a young age. So I know that a lot of the times, a lot of the subjects are mandatory and only till uh, only in year 11 are we really allowed to pick what we want. No one asks us, hey, what do you feel like studying? What do you feel like being good at? Um, what do you feel like you have interest in? None of those questions are asked. You know, I get amazed when I interact with a student. I actually do uh, a meet and greet in which I ask them questions about what are your goals? And they've never thought about it. And they're in year 11, like they're 17, 18. And they have never thought about what is it that they actually want to achieve. They're just mindlessly running year after year and trying to get their grades up, but they don't know why they're doing that. So with the Scandinavian model, they have an individual learning program. It's very specialized. It's very unique to them. It really caters for their uh, personality um, and their family background, their values, and it just cultivates that to the max. So... Uh, the depression rates are, are quite low in the Scandinavian countries in terms of teenagers. They're really happy, very cohesive, very loving, you know, in terms of uh, re rebellious natures and behavioral issues, very little there. And they come out to be very happy uh, adults who enjoy a really um, meaningful life. And they already have a very good idea about what they want to do into the future. So then they go out into society being happy beings and then giving their all and accelerating their own uh, community around them. So that would be one thing. And then be having smaller groups, more teachers, empowering teachers to really understand their place in society. It's such a, it's such a pivotal role. It's 
so crucial. And I think teachers are not really valued or um, respected as, as much as they should be. In fact, they're blamed when, you know, a child isn't able to perform, but they are under so much pressure. They have up to 30, 40 students in a class. Imagine 40 seven-year-olds around you. Like, I have a hard time with one or two in a group. I can't imagine how hard it must be for them. So I think they need to be given a pay rise. They need to be given a lot more respect. They need to be put, you know, at the top of, uh, like, our societal um, and most respected uh, beings. You know, we we um, give a lot of admiration to CEOs. I, I think they should be above that. I think they should be above even, like, the politicians. They should be, like, teachers and then everyone else. So it should be that kind of messaging. And we really need to encourage a lot of people that have this innate, innate ability to be a teacher to really get on board and to not be shy because there's bad publicity with teachers. You know, everyone goes, oh, it's, it's a bad environment to be in. You don't get a lot of support. You don't get a lot of pay. And then all these, all these uh, potential teachers actually deter and go into something else, which is probably not their true calling. So, um, you know, these three, four, five things are crucial to uh, building a more sustainable, more healthy education um, environment. Amazing. Amazing. Absolutely. And I think um, as long as there's people uh, like you out there championing a new way in a different way um, and, uh, you know, look at Scandinavia and look at the success that they've had, um, hopefully we'll see that change in the world. And in, in, in the meantime, uh, if you've heard this and, and you know someone that uh, could use some, some support, uh, please. Uh, well, actually, Ange, you tell them. How, how can someone who's, who put their hand up and say, holy guacamole, I, 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 my kid needs this. Um, how, how do they get a hold of you? Um, so you can uh, go onto our website. Uh, there's a number and an email and a uh, interest enrollment form in which I ask a couple of basic questions to get to know you and your child's need. Um, so the website is www.nexgeneducation.com. So please go on the website, find me. Uh, my number is there. Our email is there. And I will be able to help you with all your queries. Um, one of the things that's quite unique to us, as I said, is we do individual learning programs. Uh, and also, we get to do a very unique style of meet and greet. We really try to understand the child where they are at. Um, and then also separately interview the parents to see what their perception of their child, uh, their children are, and then to merge that together to build a fantastic program that children can follow through till whatever time they can commit to, whether it's a term, a year, you know, four years. I have some students running for several years now, and they've found it really helpful to be, uh, for me to be a part of their journey. You know, whatever that need is, whatever that time frame is, reach out. And what I also do is work very closely with the parents. Now, one of the things that is an issue is how we do feedback. Um, once a year, parents and teachers catch up to talk about their child's development. And it's quite overwhelming because there's like, I don't know, 100 students in one year and there's like 10 teachers doing it. It's really overwhelming one after another. It's just like too much information. We make it a weekly, uh, weekly check-in 
where we talk to the parents about the exact progress that they uh, we are seeing and what parents can do to help uh, their child in the following week. And parents are really responsive because they want to build that relationship with their children. They want to uh, understand them better and support them the best they can. You know, every parent innately wants that, but they don't know what to do. So we can help you solve all of those problems. So reach out. Um, and, you know, it will be quite personalized to you, your, your uh, child and your family values. We really consider that and take into account all of those things to make sure that you're feeling comfortable, you're feeling safe, and you're feeling like you are getting all the right support you need as, as much as possible. Amazing. Amazing. And, uh, I'm just, uh, uh, the, there has been nothing but absolutely fantastic reviews and, and raving reviews on, on your service. So, um, if there anybody out there thinking about it, please do, uh, reach out to nextgen.com.au. And if you do get, um, a, a fill out form where it seems like it's a older gentleman with no kids, um, still, still do the, uh, still, still, uh, give the guy a call. He, 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 yeah. just, he wants a review as well. And, and a weekly checkup. Um, <laughs> Everyone's welcome. <laughs> um, and as you know, it's time for our interesting factoid. And, um, the education interesting factoid i'm I'm looking at two right now one about india and one about iceland which one would you like i'm gonna let you pick which one um let's go with india yes uh i don't know if the viewers know but i do have a predilection towards india uh i'm taking indian cooking classes and i think it's it's the best food uh, in the world so we are going to go with india the city school in Lucknow, India, I'm pretty sure I'm pronouncing that incorrectly, is the largest, is it? Wow. Okay. It's the largest school in the world with over 55,000 students and 4,500 staff across 18 campuses in the city. And that doesn't sound like I read that at all, but that is absolutely staggering. That is insane. Wow. (laughs) Oh, whoa. <laughs> 55,000 students. That is, that is crazy. Um, Ange, thank you so much for, for coming out today. It's been an absolute joy. Uh, everybody else, please join in uh, next week. I have a special guest to help me try to correct Ash in her incorrect opinions on Harry Potter. Uh, now, uh, just quite quickly, I did get some, some, some DMs. Um, Ash and I are friends and I am joking. Uh, she is an absolute amazing person. You guys do not need to defend her. And, um, she, she, her opinions are absolutely fun. Um, and I only joke when I say that they're horribly, horribly wrong because they are. Um, so Ange, once again, thank you so much for coming out today. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure to be here. Thank you for listening. See you. Talk bites.